1: Bono looking to pass the football, goes in the middle, passes cut. touchdown Kansas City, touchdown Chiefs, touchdown Chiefs, Dana Hughes, put the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and ten for the Chiefs at the 14 of the skaters, halfback pass, Marcus Allen right side, touchdown Kansas City! Allen. Expert analysis, news, and views from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Dana Hughes.
2: This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years.
0: But you can call it D D-9. D9. and the Chiefs not only won a game Sunday, but avenged avenged Danon's last trip
1: into Buffalo. They did. Congratulations, Danon. Way Danin. to go, Danon.
0: Yeah, I'd like
2: to thank all the little people in the world who helped uh, me accomplish this. Um, it was a huge accomplishment for me. Uh, no, I'm only kidding, guys. Yeah, it was. It was definitely uh, worth the trip. I can't say that I left. More happy than I left sad back in 94, but I will say it was retribution. The fact that we've had this dominance over the Buffalo Bills in the postseason has been, uh, you know, sweet music to my ears, I guess you could say, um, and my eyes uh, over the last few years. So, yeah, it was good. It uh, It was exceptionally fun to walk back through the stands. Dan, Israel, and I had to walk against the flow, of the fans down to the field to get to the locker room for the postgame press conference. And uh, I will say I, I exhibited a lot of restraint uh, with some of the verbal barbs that were thrown at me and face-to-face uh, interactions. I wussed all the way down to the field because it w- otherwise it wouldn't have gone well. So um, I'm just very fortunate that we were able to make that trip down with a win because I don't know how I would have felt with a loss. And I'm sure that they would have let me hear it. And the old Danon might've come out. <laughs> That's
0: funny. Three hours earlier, they were actually pretty nice when I was venturing down there to go to the field. But I can imagine after the game, it might've been a little more tense.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a little sketchy. Uh, I've said it. I, I tweeted it. Uh, there's so much that was said about the Oakland Raiders, the fans, the black hole back in the day. But I always said, even in my two trips going to Buffalo, that uh, those fans, they deserve some of that vitriol as well. And uh, we saw the clips of the fired snowballs at, at players and, you know, some of the interactions and so on. So uh, they're not all just passionate fans up there. They are a, a lot of um Extras that go
1: on with knuckleheads, so I'll just say yeah. That. yeah, 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 a, a, a lot of that. Dane and I, as we sit here now, g- rolling into Tuesday morning, we're not going to rehash the game because you know we did that y- yesterday. But what is being rehashed, and I'm looking up, and I'm still trying to figure all this out, is why is there more talk about Josh Allen than there is about Patrick Mahomes? Are you getting the sense that America, if you will, is tired of the Chiefs, and if so, what a great gift to America to go out there and beat the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday? and give everybody a nice big poop burger to eat.
2: Yeah, it is interesting. I was watching Ryan Clark on Get Up yesterday and actually rewatched some of it this morning, um and he was the one he was the one voice that kind of was screaming about that same sentiment. Why is everything about Josh Allen and how great he was in another loss and not so much about Patrick Mahomes and I feel like the flip side of it is that it could be looked at as a feather in Patrick's cap, that, that that he has set the bar so high that winning on the road for the first time, winning going head-to-head against Josh Allen again is like par for the course, that it's it's gotten to a point where it's so expected that they'd rather talk about the the negatives that if he had any in that game – as opposed to him just being dominant again. So I guess I kind of feel like from a national media's perspective that there's just such a heightened expectation level of Patrick Mahomes' greatness that we're, we're kind of looking at it like it's normal. And we know here in the Chiefs' kingdom that it's not normal and we can cherish it a little bit better, and it's unfortunate that the national media doesn't look at it the same way.
1: So, Dane, let me ask you this. You obviously were a professional athlete, and we talk about the chip on their shoulder. Like I, I feel like we always talk about how oh, Patrick Mahomes is playing with a chip on his shoulder and all that kind of stuff. What exactly does that mean? How does that get you to play better, if you will, or play smarter or play tougher, whatever words you want to use by playing with a so-called chip on your shoulder?
2: Uh, I've always said it. Uh, in order to be a great athlete at any level, there has to be something – else you tap into and how you get to that zone how you may get to that dark place is it's different for every individual. So when you talk about a chip on the shoulder uh, to me, it was always about like finding that little edge. And I remember even going back to high school for me, like I was, a I was a really good athlete who happened to play football, happened to play basketball, happened to play baseball. I would never consider myself. And I've always told kids, My kids, kids I coached, there's a difference between playing football and being a football player. It's a distinct difference. And for a large part of my life, I just played football. And then there was a circumstance that happened in high school where one of my close friends got flipped up on a tackle and landed on his head, almost broke his neck. And that's where the light came on for me. I was like, oh, so this is – this is how we spoke this is this is what's real like it, it became it didn't it wasn't just me playing the game anymore it be, it was like a light switch literally came on and my my headspace went to a different place, like a darker place like now I'm tapping in now you're trying to hurt my friends like this game is like you can almost hurt people and it changed the course of my life uh, from a sports perspective. So I say that answering your question because I feel like the players. Even going through my career, you tap into hating guys, hating teams, uh, feeling like they're trying to take something from you, how they're trying to take some of the the joy from your teammates, how they're trying to hurt your running backs and and other guys. So that chip on your shoulder is different for everybody, but I feel like everybody has that ability to tap into a dark space that gets them, like we always say, no such thing as 110%. Well, there is. You can give 100%, and then there's something extra that you tap into that you didn't even know you had that gets you propelled to a higher level.
0: Chiefs color analyst, Dana Hughes, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Even though it's not maybe highly publicized, I do think the quarterback's played awfully well the last, really, three weeks. His oh, last three I games, I guess three games he didn't play last week. But the the Cincinnati game, I thought that was a perfect taste of what, what they need to do in the postseason, and then they've carried that in the postseason. He's played great.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think from when you look at the last three games, like you can make an argument that it's the best complete football that we've seen. And even in this last game, the Buffalo Bills, maybe the defense was a little lackluster compared to the standard that they had set all season long. But from individual standpoints, uh, you know, Justin Reed on defense, leading tackler uh, and, and leading on the field as well. Uh, to see the linebacker play, stepping up to the challenge specifically in the second half against Josh Allen, uh, holding them just to seven points and, you know, getting the the, the three and outs and the punts that were necessary to to secure that win. And then, you know, the quarterback. I mean, we know that Patrick Mahomes is great and what he's able to do to lead this team and trust that he's had with uh, MVS, two key catches that led to touchdowns. Uh, and you would think by this time of the season, maybe there would be uh, some some lack of confidence with guys. But yet, even though that's may, that may have crept into our minds, it hasn't crept into his. Like, he's still leaning on the guys to make plays. And to me, that's that's the true testament of greatness because we can be fickle. Like, we, we can be fickle with anything. Uh, you know, we don't want the same waiter or waitress if we had a bad experience somewhere. And yet... Patrick Mahomes has gone through, you know, 17 games during a regular season and a postseason game, and for the most part, there's been guys that have let him down. And yet, when crunch time comes, he's able to kind of compartmentalize that, push it out of his brain, and still lean on guys that he has leaned on for now almost two years. So, yeah, I I like where we're at right now. I like that we're competing at a high level, and it doesn't seem like we're phased... Uh, at any juncture to where we're playing, who we're playing against, and what the possibilities are of
0: losing. So it's a special, special time. What are your early keys against Baltimore?
2: Well, the number one key, obviously, is to contain Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's a guy you can stop. I think it's something, someone you can contain, just like uh, we did against Josh Allen in the second half. And if you look at the dynamic of this, team and the makeup of this team throughout the season, especially defensively, like we, we have a little bit of a feel out process in the first half, first quarters of games where we may not be as impactful against opposing offenses or, or, you know, strong quarterback play, but it the adjustments that are made from the first quarter, to the second quarter, and then specifically in the second half have been really special. So, uh, I'm not naive to believe that we'll be able to stop Lamar Jackson, especially early in the game, but I feel very confident that the adjustments that we'll make during the game, especially at the halftime, will will allow us to contain him more. And really, that's where it comes down to, containing him in clutch situations, just like we did with Josh Allen. Like He's going to get a few first downs. They're going to move the ball down the field, but what happens in that third and eight? that crucial third and nine situation when you force a field goal or force a punt. He might be efficient on first and second, but when the back is against the wall, what are we going to do against him? And then protection. Patrick Mahomes has not been sacked this entire postseason. Uh, The offensive line has done an outstanding job. We know there's some question marks with Joe Tooney, but continuing to protect him against one of the more feverish, rushes that we will have seen in probably the last three years so protecting patrick and containing lamar jackson are two big keys that jump out to me
0: all right david pace yourself yep (laughs) that was quick see he's gonna build up he's tuesday right now he'll build up by thursday get a little simmer by friday a little more simmer Saturday, when we get on the plane,
1: he'll be punching me. Yeah. And then Sunday, he'll be ready to go. He'll be ready to roll. Yeah. I think if this is a little bit different, though. This is not a revenge game for Danon. True. This true. is not a revenge well, game will still Well,
0: he'll still right. be ready. He'll still be ready. Uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, 10, o- or 10 o'clock pregame, 2 o'clock kickoff on 106.5 The Wolf. Mitch, Danan, uh, myself, and uh, Dan, and Art, and the entire crew, uh, Sunday, on the road in Baltimore.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv.